guys. We turned out okay. The Modern Parents Guide to Old School Parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello and welcome to episode 164 of We Turned Out Okay. Today is a guest episode, but it's kind of a different one. We've never done this before on the show because I'm the guest, which is pretty exciting. And it was an honor to be on this show. Rob Broadhead of Blessing Not Stressing asked me to come on to his show for a conversation. And then he did a really cool thing with our, we had like an hour long chat. And he did a really cool thing with it, which is to say he split it into four sections. And today what I'm doing on We Turned Out Okay is I'm bringing you the middle two sections. But of course, I have to make it more complicated than just the middle two sections. I'm bringing you the third section first and the second section second. (laughs) So I'm, I'm doing it that way because I... I don't know. I, I felt like I wanted to start, I guess, with what we talked about in the in the third section. The third section of Blessing Not Stressing, the, the episode that I was on, is called Mistakes and Forgiveness. And with some really big things come up, we talk about experience versus education when it comes to child raising. Rob asks some really like amazing questions that that um really made me think and and dig into my experiences and my thoughts about how do we succeed as a parent? Like, what are our mistakes? What are our successes? And, and how do we kind of get through this time, which is full of, for all of us, full of mistakes, and then also full of hopefully successes. So I wanted to do mistakes and forgiveness first. And the second section that you'll hear today is called School of Hard Knocks, where we talk about making mistakes, falling down, getting back up, just all the things that that people need to do in order to learn. And as Rob brings up, little kids often suffer from bumps and bruises. It's part of their daily life, but it can seem, these little problems can seem far greater to doting, as he puts it, and cautious parents. And so we talk about that. And I just wanted to bring you those, these two segments. And then what I'm doing is I'm linking, if you if you click through today's show notes, we turned out okay.com slash 164, we'll get you there. Or you can just click the link in the show notes. I'm linking to the first and the fourth sections of this interview over at Rob's blessingnotstressing.com website. So if you want to hear more, you can you can totally do that. You're going to love, I think you're going to love Rob's interview style. I think you're going to love just the sound of his voice. He's got a really great, great voice. And I think more importantly than than either of those, just the depths of his questions are really uh, really great. And, and I'm so excited to bring this to you today. And I also, just before we jump in, I wanted to tell you about a couple of things, just some changes on the website and some things that I've been doing over the last several months and I haven't had a chance to really get in here and talk about yet. So if you go to weturnedoutokay.com, you will notice that it's changed a little bit. I've got, the like I've changed up the sidebar and I've got, um, I've got a picture of my guys and I've got a way for you to subscribe to the podcast on 
the web page, like on the actual site in the sidebar, there's a uh, there's a picture of a child having a tantrum. And then that is a picture that you can clink if you need help handling every temper tantrum, which that's the free guide that I offer. And so you can go there and find all those things. There's also there's I've, I've sort of ex- not experimented, but I've figured out how to put give you an easy way to share in your social media circles. So there's a little there's, you know, anytime you see the little Twitter bird or the little Facebook F or the Reddit little person. I mean, I've tried to provide some different ways for you to share both posts and the site itself. And I know I'm really late to this party, like everybody and their mother knows how to share stuff. But I'm just I'm just learning. So <laughs> bear with me as I learn. So now if you go to weturnedoutokay.com, you can you can see some of those changes. And the other thing I wanted to tell you about was I have got a YouTube channel. And for the last several months, I've been making short, quick, single point takeaway videos called parents timeout videos. And when you don't have chan- a chance to listen to a whole podcast episode, but you want just some little support for you as you go into your day or into a certain situation. Uh, these might be a good a good, you know, place for you to start. I have just started. So uh, some of them are, I think you, we could call them a little clunky. I'm still getting used to like seeing myself on video. It's, it's a little weird, but it's okay. And I, uh, I really try hard in everyone to just share something. So I'm going to ask you to I don't know, look past the, 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 maybe the less wonderful things about my videos. I think, I think they have decent sound. I think they have decent lighting. Uh, you know, like I said, it's just hard for, sometimes it's hard for me, the podcaster to, to like, when I'm talking to you now, I, you don't have to like see me. I could be in my pajamas for all you know, and I'm actually not at the moment, but I could be. And when you're on video, I feel like there's, there's a little bit more of a, for me, it adds a little bit more stress, but I'm powering through that because I want to get these ideas to you in different forms that you can, you can, sometimes when you don't have time for a half hour podcast episode, you've probably got time for a three minute parents timeout video. So that's why I'm doing it. And if you want to check that out, you can go to, again, the the show notes for this episode, we turned out okay.com slash 164. Will I'll have a link in there to the YouTube channel, and then you can you can dig in over there if you want to, and and uh, you know hopefully that's another way that we can help you just be happier in your parenting. I mean that's really what it's all about, and and that's what this episode is all about too. I think in 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 our interview we go deep into some pretty almost tough subjects. We like we talk about we talk about my like one in fact huge mistake. I felt it was a huge mistake that I made with my oldest when he was young. And, but we also talk about how, how I came back from that and how I think I'm a better parent because of it. And so I think I'm going to leave it there and I'm wishing you a very happy June because that's the month that this podcast goes up in. And I'm wishing you just a really, a really nice summer day as you get in here and listen. All right, here we go. This is one of my something I've always wanted to ask somebody. I just haven't found somebody that's in such a u- sort of unique position as you are. And so you've mm-hmm. been you've had all of this training, and from an educational point of view, you know you're, I guess, would be quote the ideal parent. I mean, you've gone to all this schooling, you've you've studied all of this stuff, and now you're, 
you know, a decade, a couple decades worth, if you combine the two kids into parenting and how is that, how have those two things uh, formed who you are? How much of, of what you bring to the table on like your, you know, your regular podcast or when you're talking to people in the community, how much of that is, you know, goes back to your schooling and how much is really more what you've, you know, the experience that you've had and what you've gone through with your kids and, and within your community? Oh, that's such a great question. I, I feel like there's schooling and then there's experience. And when I first started being a parent, like I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> I really felt like all of the all of the education I had had just went out the window for me. And as I said before, I was very worried. I was really nervous. I I just would kind of almost obsess over all the terrible things that could happen now that I've got this child in the world. And and at the same time, something else that happened was I had a year of undiagnosed postpartum depression with my older son. And that hit me like a truck. I mean, I I didn't I didn't understand before the I, the meaning of postpartum depression. And like as I said, those kind of factors, those experiential factors, combine to to make me feel really underconfident and and as a and a bad parent, I guess. And once I got my legs under me a little bit, especially you know the first one sort of doesn't die and <laughs> he hits all his markers and he smiles and he does, you know, he, he's, he's just a wonderful and fun person to, to know now that he's out here in the world. That was a big help. So in other words, I, my, I really found that I resonated as a, as a parent with my, with my child. I thought that was good fun. And, and then the other thing that I think really helped was that I had some fantastic mentors around me, people who, had older kids, for example, so they'd gone through their worrying and their like stresses and stuff like that. And uh, one of them in particular, I'm thinking about uh, one of my closest friends in the whole world, who she had her first when we were, I think, 20 or 21, maybe 19, 20, 21. And I think for her, her first was was you know the, uh, definitely a kind of terrifying wild ride. And by the time she got to her third, which which was when I was, you know, now I'm having kids as well. She was like, oh, no, no, you know, that's not how you play this game. And she would sort of teach me, like, it's okay to stand up to a, a preschool teacher who's who's doing something that you don't like. It's, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to disagree, like, with, with, other, with whoever, with other parents, with, you know, with doctors, for example, or pediatricians or something like that. And, and that was how, that was how I learned to have confidence in myself and my own parenting abilities. And then, as I said, as I kind of got my legs under me and was able to stand up and really take ownership of being a mother of two children, then I was like, all right, I've been through this before. You know, I, I know what I'm doing. I've, I've got some confidence. And at that point, I think the schooling came back in because I was starting to see that, that you could – you could make serious mistakes in your parenting, for example, if you if you were really not able to follow through with any kind of upholding of rules, uh, if you couldn't be consistent in your discipline or something like that, you would see kids who who just weren't pleasant to be around, maybe. Or I, and I'm not talking about people I know. I'm I'm more talking about like just in general, I guess. 
Um, and, and I learned from that to, again, to have confidence in my own decisions and to say, okay, I don't want a child who can't be respectful. So how do I go back and figure out how to have a child who can be respectful, who is respectful? And I don't want a child who lies. How do I make it so that my child won't lie to me? Or when he, when he tries, it doesn't work kind of a thing. And so that's, as I say, I started out as a pretty underconfident and I would say not good parent. <laughs> it was definitely a learning experience. So was part of that, um, that lack of confidence, or was that something where maybe you went into it thinking you were going to know a lot more than you did and it was, that sort of helped maybe hurt you in the long run that you, you, you ended up being a bigger challenge than you thought it was going to be or that you, you knew less than maybe you thought you did going into it? Absolutely. No one has ever asked me that before. That is such a good question. I was like, I have got this. <laughs> I'm going to be awesome at parenting. <laughs> And and um and I sort of got into it and I was like, what is the problem here? This is not what I expected at all. This is all wrong. Like you're doing it all wrong. And I had to kind of reconcile like my schooling with reality, first of all. And and second of all, uh, you know, take sort of I, I guess readjust, you know, figure out like what what can I keep from my education and what what am I gonna what's really going to work for me that maybe I didn't learn in school. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the experience versus the, uh, the academic side of it, there's just, there's always, even in, I think even in parenting, there's the equivalent of street smarts, you know, there's that, that you just, yeah. and, and you're dealing with your own kid, you know, your kids are their own. Everybody's, every child's got their own personality and their own uh, different ways that you're going to have to approach them to that. So I think that's, you know, maybe the academics, like you said, I think it gives you, uh, maybe like a baseline or something to start with, but it just seems like every child is their own, uh, their own unique little puzzle that you've got to work through to, to make all those things fall into place. That's true. And then the other thing is we've got such different kids. Like just because you have two boys doesn't mean that they're anything alike. And our kids are, are completely not alike. And my older son is a lot like me in a lot of ways. Like I understand how his mind works and I always have. But my younger son, in some, I mean, in some ways he is like me, but in some ways he's totally not like me at all. And I don't, I've got to figure out how, how to, how to get him what he needs while also getting what I need. And, and I, you know, if I can give an example, I would think of like, he, he really struggles to admit wrongdoing. He feels like to admit that he's done something wrong is somehow uh, not belittling is the wrong word, but somehow like, like it's just, it's sort of a, a stain on his manhood. You know what I mean? He's like, he, he, and he's always, always been, always had to have the last word, always been a kid who was like bucking the system and, and really pushing back on authority. And I was not like that at all. I was such a rule follower. You could say to me, Oh, you're going against the rule. I'd be like, okay, let me figure out how to do it better. You know? And, and, um, and what I think my struggle with him has been to see, like, how can I get through that or past that? Because it, it could be, it could really work for him in terms of he does not give up. You know, he is, he's a very, um, he's stubborn is, I don't like that word because I mean this in a really positive way. He, he does not, he's so tenacious. That's a good word. And 
and it comes across in that. But so I want to try and figure out, and I am hopefully figuring out how to support the tenacity without without rewarding him for the uh, I don't know negative obstinacy kind of kind of stuff. Like it, it, to teach him that it is good and and fine to work with people and to say, you know what, I I was wrong about this. Let's see how we can now go forward. So yeah. I'm, uh... I was that child probably. I probably was more like your your son than, than something <laughs> yeah. else. It's it's and I've got a couple of kids like that and some that are complete opposites and and it I think it's easier to come from that side uh than the other direction. I think which if you're overly stubborn or uh it's not really rebellious or whatever it is, but you you know, if you want to march to your own drum, you know, to the beat of your own drum and and you're a little different than I think it's easier to, to be comfortable. If you're comfortable with that, then I think it, it helps you to be able to say, here's what worked for me and here's what didn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause it, it, I think it really does come down to figuring out what, what are the lines that you can cross and what shouldn't you, and, and having the respect, you're being able to respectfully disagree and understand when it's time to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm wrong or I'm, you know, my, my way is not going to work or we're going to go choose a different direction. You know, there's, as you go through life, there's so many different ways that that may, uh, you know, that may pan out that I think it's, it's easier if you've sort of, if you've come from that and, and had to live through it than it is to watch somebody do it because then you're, you, and I've, I've dealt with a lot of kids like that where you, you catch them after they've, they've made a couple of, they've gone too far a couple of times and they get labeled in a certain way you know, yeah. They're a troublemaker or they're stubborn or they're not going to learn or unteachable or whatever. They've got all these different labels that, and then you've got to help them realize like, that's not you. That's a label. And this is what you need to do to earn trust or respect back, you know, and, and sort of walking people back from that. It's a, yeah. a challenge, but I, I, I've always liked the kids that I've dealt with like that over the years. I, they've always been some of my favorites. I know other people, sometimes it drives them a little nuts, but I always, I, I probably spend more time laughing about them and, and having a good time working with them than I do the, the kids that are the, you know, like the you know, fall in line and, you know, your, your perfect little angel kind of children. Yeah. I, I see that because I do feel, I do feel like that. I mean, there's both of my sons, they come at it in different ways, but they're they're both very marching to marching to their own beat kind of kind of people. My older one is is a little bit more like me in that he's quieter about it and he's he's more likely to I guess try and work within like what he would consider the norms. And whereas my younger one is like, nope, I'm just gonna bust through the norms. I'm doing this my way. And I really really enjoy that, especially because he came along second. So. We, here we were, you know, my older son and I, very content to visit the library a couple times a week and, you know, hang out at home together and read and do whatever. And the younger one was like, nah, this isn't working for me. And he got us out of our, he got us out of our routine. Mm-hmm. And um, there have been such incredible rewards in that. And, and I've even learned, I've even learned from, from my younger one that I'm not, I can be stubborn too. You know, I can be tenacious. I don't have to abide by a rule that I don't like. I can't be disrespectful if I'm going to break that rule. Or I guess it's not even a rule necessarily. But like what I'm thinking about right now is skiing, which I I think I alluded before. My my older son is a snowboarder. So skiing for me, I've always skied it in, in my family. Like it was always a thing that we did growing up. My parents' first date was a ski date. You know, it's always been a big deal for us. And then I, then I lost the ability to walk. Mm. 
And one of one of my reasons for working so hard to regain that ability was so that I could get up on skis again. And I, when I did that, like the first season that I did it, my youngest joined me in a weekly, we go to this local mountain. Well, it's not that local, but it's cool. It's pretty close to us. And to, to see, to see him learning to ski and to ski, ski, to, you know, watch him and see skiing through his eyes was really super special to me, especially as I was kind of gaining my own skiing abilities back. And, and I am now one of those parents who's like, you know, be in control, but like have a blast. And, and so we'll, we'll talk about how fast we got to go and how good it felt. And, and I don't know, there's just like, I've learned from him that it's okay to, to push the limits a little bit, your own limits, your own personal limits, maybe, or if something doesn't make sense to you to try and figure out how to change it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I refer to that sometimes. That's, I think, you know, having kids, sometimes they help us regain our youth a little bit. You know, some of that, uh, that childish, uh, uh, optimism or fearlessness or, or however you look at it that, you know, that yeah. I, I could say that I, I love, there's, there's so many times you'll find yourself doing something like that and you'll be like, I would have never done this if my child had not you know, pushed me to do it or, or had nagged yeah. me and said, I want to go, I want to go. And then you find out you're doing it. We're like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, they, they can yeah. teach us more than a little bit as well as we can teach them. Yeah. So true. You know, you've got, been through all these years and maybe pick one or two, but what would be, what'd you consider like your greatest success and maybe your greatest failure or, or struggle as a parent? Oh, I think one of my biggest failures, I think I'm going to take that one first. Like there's a lot. I feel like every parent has their failures. We all we all make mistakes. And I think one of mine was to just get bogged down in the the worrying of it. And if I did something wrong, to be unable to have a really really hard time letting it go. And one example that I I like to give for for this as a failure, but also like how it translated into a success for me was when my oldest turned three. I believe he turned three. This is actually in Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics. This is a story I tell in there. He turned three and then he went to sleep. And so I, the night before he turned three, he fell asleep and he was always a heavy sleeper. So I decorated his room like right over his bed and I, I put up all these paper cutouts and streamers and all kinds of stuff. And, and no surprise, the next morning he woke up extra early I think maybe he'd see, you know, he was sort of, he was shuffling in bed and he, he caught well, some of the things I had done in the night caught his eye. And so he, he woke up and he came in to see me and to tell me all about, you know, what he was finding in his room. And he was so excited and it was like 4.30 or something. And I was like, oh no, 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 go back to bed. And I completely shut him down. And I, I, could, I just remember the look on his face as he was sort of leaving my room of just confusion and like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not getting up. You go back to bed. And so here he is getting in trouble on his third birthday because of something that I had done for him. And, and I found that to be just a huge failure. And then I went back to sleep. I sort of, I just remember like angrily just going back to sleep. Like there was no way I wasn't going to go back to sleep. And my husband got up with him. And a couple hours later or something, an hour later, I get up and I can hear them downstairs having breakfast together. And my heart just sank I just realized wow that was a really bad thing to do and so I I mean I still do things like that you know every once in a while you, you can't help but disappoint somebody or, or you know I'm not quick enough sometimes to get to 
realize what my point of view is and not say something hurtful before I can stop myself. But what I learned from that and that I still try to do, and I do think that this is a success of mine, is to A, apologize, to be able to say, listen, I screwed up and, and I'm now going to model for you what atoning for that means. And to B, learn from my mistakes and try to do better next time. So, and I don't mean next time in the sense of like for his fourth birthday, we just did this incredible thing and I woke him up at 3 a.m. and, you know, I made up for it that way. I mean like on a daily weekly, monthly, day in, day out basis to try and say, okay, I screwed up there. Now I'm going to learn from that. So, so th I think those are my, the biggest failure would be making those mistakes, like speaking out of turn or doing something that's hurtful, you know, that hurts feelings. And then my biggest success is to be able to say, all right, I've done this. I'm going to apologize for it and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to not do it again. Yeah, that's, that is an excellent answer. Let's give a summary of your podcast or what's what's it about? How would you explain it to somebody else? Or maybe just what's your, you know, your one or two major goals in, in putting that together? Well, I am an expert in early childhood education and human development. That's where my I have my master's degree in early childhood ed and, and my bachelor's in human development. And I spent a decade just about uh, teaching in a public preschool program up here before I had my own kids. And I really wanted to create something that would help parents with those young kids, especially those young ages, worry less and enjoy more because there's so much. I found like I was such a worrier when I was, when, I, when my kids were that age. I mean, even with all that education and everything, I just, I worried about every, they would go to play in the backyard and I'd be like on the lookout for strangers, you know, and even though that is statistically an incredibly rare, rare thing, I just, I couldn't let it go. And I would worry about like, I would be there to perform the Heimlich on my oldest if he gagged on a banana or something. I mean, I just, I was so worried about it. I wouldn't let him climb stairs. I wouldn't let him crawl upstairs because I was like, oh, what if he falls? I mean, and there's, I feel like there's so much about childhood that kids need to fall down and figure out how to get back up. And when we, when we put those, you know, rubber bumpers all around them, put them in a bubble, we, we are really doing them a big disservice. And I wanted to help other parents not do that. So in addition to not worrying, I wanted to help them, give them some tools for like uh, allowing a little more uh, errors or mistakes in their kid's life so that they could learn from them, really. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's one of my favorite uh, experiences as a parent is when you, in, or I think you've probably have seen this as a teacher too, when you see a young child go and, you know, probably like a toddler age is where you see it the most. They'll go bump into something, you know, bang their head or whatever. And they'll, you can tell it hurts a little bit and they'll make a look like they're going to cry. And then they'll realize nobody's really paying attention and they'll just shrug off and, <laughs> yeah. and move right along. <laughs> it's like nothing happened. Yeah. 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 Or they'll giggle. I mean, they'll just be like, Oh, that was funny, you know, or, um, <laughs> They'll just have some reaction that you never would have thought of. One of my boys, when he was, probably started when he was about two, maybe, um, for the next couple of years, if he wasn't feeling uncomfortable, he would go, bark, bark, bark. he would like balk <laughs> like a chicken. And I used to, I was so worried, like when he started preschool, what would the other kids think? Oh my gosh, here's this weird kid. And 
other kids really responded to that as a friendly overture. Like it wasn't something that I should have worried about because kids have their things and, and they do what they do. And you know, he's he's much older now. He doesn't balk anymore. Um, but like that's the kind of thing I think parents really worry about. Like how is this going to fit into the big social setting? And and kids don't have those worries. And if we let them, they will. There's a lot of things that they can figure out on their own. Yeah. Well, and I think it helps them to to sort of push them to figure it out on their own because one. You know, it's just, it's practice figuring stuff out. And two, I've, my kids figure out things on their own in ways that I would have never done. I mean, that is, that is, you know, right or wrong, however it works out for them. They come to some of these, uh, you know, they, the way they approach some of the things that have hit them are just, uh, I could never have imagined taking that path, you know, the same path to that. And sometimes it's exactly the right path for them and everything. So I would not, as a parent, I'm not sure I would have been able to, uh, you know, coach them or guide them in that way until after the fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's some things you just have to learn on your own. So what do your kids think about the, the parenting podcast? I mean, you're with your husband pretty heavily involved in it. How do they, uh, how do they, are they involved at all or, or what do they think about it? They're, they're not involved in the sense of like I've never had, well, actually my youngest is one of the kids who you hear his voice in the, in the intro and the outro. Mm -hmm. um, there's, he's one of the kids, he leads the round of derp de derp at the end of the <laughs> their little song. Uh, and that was now, you know, uh, what, two, more than two years ago. So his, like his voice has changed now and everything. It's so wild. Anyway, um, they don't listen to it. They know that it's, it, they know that I tell stories about them and I always make sure to get permission before I do tell something that, you know, that is about them. Uh, one instance where this came up was recently I did an, an episode on uh, potty training and they were notoriously late potty trainers, both of them. And one of them, <laughs> my youngest, he gave me permission to tell the story of how finally uh, we started bribing him with donuts, full on donuts to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, and he thought that was hilarious. So like they have they I feel like they have a very good attitude about like, it's okay to put this stuff out in the world as long as you check with me first kind of a thing in terms of what they think about it. So I think adolescents are really in this place of trying to figure out what is their role in the world? What are, what are they going to do? If they're not doing it yet, what are they going to do? And I was talking with my oldest recently about community college and my husband interrupted us to say, listen, uh, I just mixed, this interview for, for your podcast and uh, I'm just going to go and put it up. I just want you to hear something first. So can you come with me for a second? And my, my oldest kind of smiled and he said, God, this is so like, how many people can say that they've got, you know, a father who like mixes sound and, and, and is really involved in all that technology and a mom who podcasts like that's pretty cool. <laughs> and my hope is that what they are getting from this is that, you don't have to be like some kind of celebrity or something. You you know, you what what you want is within your grasp if you can only figure out how to do it. That's what I hope they take from from the podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, that's excellent. That's one of the things that's like my day job, I guess, whatever. That's that's a lot of what I do is um, you know, pushing people to you know, find business and product ideas that are based on what's your favorite thing to do? What do you like the most? And yeah, there's just, is amazing all the opportunities that are out there and it just, it seems to be growing every year. So yeah, I hope mm -hmm. to see the kids, kids of today are 
better than we were at uh, you know finding their dream, following that, and and turning it into a career. It's not as what's the word uh, like prescribed. You know, there's not this sort of route that you would take. It's not like okay, if you are you know in the Northeast, then you go and you work in these factories until you know, you've got enough money to retire, and then you get to live out your glory years. You know, in a cabin in the woods or something like that. It's 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 at the same time I think it's a little bit scary for th for that generation. I mean, it's scary for for our generation, right? Um, because retirement is going away and like like retirement funding is is kind of changing and and it's not the same kind of like ex expected life that, for example, my folks had or or whatever. And but the flip side of that is that if if there's no description of like what you are supposed to be doing and what the end game is, you can, you can pick, you can choose. Yeah, that's my point of view. If you're doing what you like, then you don't need an end game. You're just going to, if you pick something that you're going to be happy to do until the day you die, then your retirement becomes sort of a less of an issue because you, you're always doing what you want. It's just a matter of having enough time, you know, to do the other things in life, you know, enjoy vacations yeah. and visiting with family and all of those other things that are non-career non-career things that you, you know, are hopefully on everybody's bucket list. You've, uh, you talked, we talked a little bit about the podcast, but I know you've also got, you had a book and then you've got a parenting community. That's the, the ninja parenting community, uh, sort of like the pockets. What's the, how'd you come about that? And, uh, you know, what's that maybe targeted for? Who's the, who's the ideal parents to, or people that would be a part of that? To jump in. So, Early on in the podcast, I did a series of episodes called Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics. And they were, they like, they broke records for how many downloads they got. It was, it was pretty early on and I was really, really celebrating that. And as I was going back and kind of looking at the data, the, the one, the episodes like the Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics episodes, they were the ones that really described like a, a tactic, a, a tool that parents could use when something's going wrong. So, for example, one of my favorite ones, one of the earliest ones, was how to make no sound like yes. Because parents say, I didn't realize this until I read a, a book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson a couple of years ago, but parents say no. Kids hear no 40,000 times before they are five years old, <laughs> and they only hear in ratio to that, they hear 5,000 yeses. So there's eight more no's than yeses in the average kid's life. And that's really damaging for everybody. Just no is such a hard word. It's a, it's a, you know, it produces temper tantrums. It's really not fun. And it's hard on parents to be like, no, 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 no. So one of the, one of the things I learned as a preschool teacher was don't say no, say yes, but, but make that yes mean no. So if, if your kid says, um, you know, can I go outside now? You can say, well, can I go outside? You can say, yep, right after you finish your lunch or something like that. So you're not saying no, even though that's the answer. It's it's a delayed yes. Uh, but so anyway, that was a tactic. That was one example of a tactic that's, that I talk about in the book that really started as these were the things that parents were really gravitating to, listeners really needed in their lives. And I decided... I've always wanted to write a book, and I'm, in fact, I'm hoping to write more than one, but um, I decided to start writing that one, and I called it Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics because, the, because of that episode, because so many people, it resonated with them so strongly. And then the ninja parenting community is, I really started it 
as an, I started, one of the very first things I put in there was an expansion pack of video modules that I'm using my hands, not that you can see this. <laughs> um, it's an expansion pack of video modules, and there's one module per chapter because some of the reviews that I got in Amazon suggested that they wanted more. They wanted like to go deeper into positive discipline ninja tactics into each chapter. So I thought, all right, well let's 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 do a class on that. And then I thought, you know what? Let's make it like a community. I've always wanted. I love the idea of like a, I don't know if you've ever been into in as an entrepreneur in like group coaching communities, but I get personally get so much out of communities like that where there's all these people with the same problems and the same goals in mind and I thought you know I can make one that's for parents because a lot of parents have the same troubles and the same goals <laughs> and so it I called it the ninja parenting community based on the book and now it's really become a lot more than the book there's there's classes in there on things like things that parents really need to know about and care about like how do you organize your time so that you can stay sane while raising little kids and uh, you know, it's got stuff like that, and I think the ideal parent, the person that I think would most would get the most use out of it, is somebody who maybe wants uh, wants some of those ideas about like organization and and stuff like that. But also, I mean, because I've got I've got this master's degree and I've got all this experience, and I can really support a parent who's maybe their child's being bullied or maybe they're a discipline problem or, or, you know, maybe there's somebody, some authority figure is telling them something they don't want, something they're questioning. Like, for example, when, when we pulled our oldest out of school, his teacher, his second grade teacher basically said, listen, I only see one route for your son. It is psychological treatment and medication. And we were like, uh-uh. <laughs> so if there are parents out there who are are worried about things like that. I I can be a real support for them. I can advise and help in the in the forums and through the classes. So, so does that answer your question? I feel like that was yeah. a very long-winded answer. <laughs> That's okay. I do uh, long-winded answers are are good. And actually, it's it's I've got a, a stepson. We had a similar situation that he yeah he was sort of having like almost equivalent like panic attacks and and things like that. And they we look we talked to a couple of people about pulling him out to. Uh, that's, it's not it's not a homeschool it's but it's a uh, individualized instructing kind of thing it's as, about as close mm -hmm. as you're going to get to homeschool without being in the home because he he goes over and you know he only goes to school a couple of days a week it's for a few hours with a with instruct you know very individualized I think it's like a one to two one to three ratio and they told mm -hmm. us the same thing they said if he gets said if you pull him out of you know the regular high school environment yeah it may help his his stress but he's just it's not going to be good for him in the long run because he's not going to have enough interaction. And they give us a whole bunch of reasons and we moved him out and he I mean, just flipped 180 degrees and has been just, you know, going gangbusters and a lot of his, you know, his issues and struggles that he was going through um, sort of have, I think I guess it's because he didn't have them all at once. He's been able to start working his way through these things. And, you know, he's mm -hmm. looking to, he's going to start college next year and he's already you know found some people to room with and he's looking at his, his uh, majors and his classes and what he wants to do. And, you know, they, it was one of those things we, we were sort of worried when we did it. We said, well, is this going to be, is this the right thing? But, uh, and even though if several people said, eh, it's not going to work, it, it did, you know, we, we trusted more with the, uh, you know, what we knew about him, what we knew about the situation he was getting into and, and went into it with their eyes open. So we just, you know, made sure we, uh, wherever they said this is going to be a problem he's going to have to face, we found ways to, to work with it and, and made it work. So 
Oh, that's awesome. That's so good to hear. Yeah, it's good to know yeah, from somebody else that's had that kind of success as well. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the one of the troubles that, especially when kids are young that parents have, and maybe this is less true now with social media and stuff, although I suspect it's still true, is this feeling of like isolation, that, that you're the only people going through this, that, that there's never been anybody else who's who's come up against either this particular struggle or this kind of, and I remember that feeling of aloneness as just terrifying. You know, when, when it's just you and you're in the room with the teacher and the teacher is telling you this terrifying thing about your child, it can feel so lonesome. And I think, I, I really hope that through the podcast and through the community, I can help people who, who, had felt alone like that and, and to help them know that, you know, they're not alone, that they're supported and that there's, that there's other ways to think of things besides how, maybe how it's being framed as you found out, you know, with, with your son. Yeah. You don't always have to look at it that way that the teacher or the authority figure is looking at it and you can make different choices. Yep. And other people have done it. Like you said, you're not alone. There's other people who have faced the same thing and probably made the same decisions you make. And so it's uh and there's, yeah. you're not the, you're not unique in that situation. I agree. It's, I, I think it can be very uh, daunting and, and intimidating sometimes to be in those situations and go, Oh my gosh, this is, how could anybody handle it? And then when you find a few that have done, been through it before, it's, yeah, it is, it's a great to have that kind of a support group. Yeah. Yes, it really is. <laughs> for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to take to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Derp, 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 derp,